0: can row Martin Jacob to America is presented by the good people at the Bod Belly Network My fellow Americans
1: we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history.
2: Protect one, us from the, the central, central University. university. A, A
0: study on, on, on why? 209. A study on why? It's called Pimbo-Side. Google it. Pimbo-Side.
1: Google it. world is coming to an end. everybody wants all the details about the flying bottles. that we had in our possession. We had in our possession.
2: Yeah, Tennessee Tennessee.
0: Tennessee. 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 yeah, no yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee. This is. This is.
1: Shame on me. Shame on Welcome to episode 153 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am your host again this week, Mr. Jacob Pickton. And to my left. To my left is an empty desk, but that's okay because for the third fourth week in a row, if you will. Um, I went ahead and Zoom conference called Art into the Podcast again. You know, shout out to the coronavirus uh, for keeping us apart. Uh, but that's okay, because we still gave you a quality, quality podcast this week. And speaking of quality, we went ahead and welcomed a really good podcaster, Mr. Eddie Torres, to the podcast. Um, Eddie Torres is... The host for the RRBG podcast, um, RRBG stands for Rock and Roll Beer Guy, and he's has some amazing guests on his podcast. We're talking to people from the MMA world like Josh Barnett and Chris Lieben. We're talking about people from the comedy world like Tony Hinchcliffe. Um, and the bulk of his podcast, he spends times talking to great musicians, you know, from the metal world like p- such people from Killswitch Engage, Dillinger Escape Plan, Mastodon, As I Lay Dying. Trivium, betray you. Between the buried and me, and Mon and Mar, Sepultura, and the list goes on and on. So we sit down, we have a great conversation with Eddie. Um, it went on for about two hours, and we forgot to record an intro, so that's why you're hearing me all by myself this week. Uh, but it was a great conversation. We talk about metal, we talk about comedy, we talk about pro wrestling. He's also a big pro wrestling fan. I, after the interview, I just wanted him to move into my house, and I wanted to make him my boyfriend, and put him on you know on my mortgage, you know, and share a life together, and file a domestic partnership. I kid. Kind of. But hey, another great interview. Uh, But before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Caveman Coffee. Guys, please make sure you're going to cavemancoffee.com and entering the promo code AMERICA and saving yourself 15% off. Not only saving yourself 15% off, but you're helping the podcast by doing that. So check out their great assortment of products, such as, obviously, coffee. I personally like the Nitro Cold Brew. You know, that gets me, you know, going in the morning. And as you can tell by my fast-paced voice, probably drank a whole pot of that right now, Um, as well as Art. You know, he's a big fan of the cocoa butter. And guys, make sure you check out their merch, too. They got some amazing merch out there. You know, their T-shirts, their mugs, you know, assortment of cool shit out there. So check it out. Support a great organization like Caveman Coffee. Support a great podcast such as us. And, hey, save yourself 50% off. So enough with my babbling. Let's jump into the show. Does that say Sears yeah, or Bears?
2: <laughs> See, I hope it's Sears. It That'd says be... Sears
1: over and over.
3: <laughs> That'd be <laughs> 80s as fuck, dude. I'd Bring it back, it. man. Oh, I'm actually going to have a beer this time, man.
2: I uh, I apologize. I live on a apparently the only street in California where people don't take this shit seriously. So okay. There's a lot of cars that pass by. <laughs>
1: I was about to say, is there ha- are they having a parade out there or whatever?
2: Dude, it's madness. It's <laughs> madness. They don't give a fuck in Long Beach. And they're just like, nah, we're good. Skateboards.
3: <laughs> That's where all that protesting was happening, right?
2: I guess, man. No. <laughs> Wasn't that Texas? I don't know. Look, I've got cactus cooler with vodka.
3: Oh, nice.
2: <laughs> and... I also have a Torpedo IPA.
3: Ooh. Nice.
1: And then, I have,
2: and then I have my weed pen. And this is how I do every podcast where I just have an array of things. And then I go uh, based on how, the, how it proceeds. I'm like, well, I guess it's time for the weed pen this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> calm the nerves. Make it, you know, you got your online with two handsome young gentlemen right now. So you got to calm I them. mean,
2: yeah. so how do you how do you guys want to do this i mean i was looking through your your stuff you guys do like themed episodes with like murder cases and you've got trivia stuff
1: yeah (laughs) it's a smorgasbord of everything you know it's as we we do america you know we do all sorts of different topics usually the um art right here he'll pick the topic 90 percent of the time and then i'll just research it because i'll have no idea what it's about and then we'll just, you know, talk about it. Like, for example, like the 37th parallel is like this crazy uh, conspiracy that, you know, that the government has secret layers underground. and You know, that's where they're trafficking all the UFOs and whatnot, because there's all there's legit like UFO sightings all along the 37th parallel. And um, this guy who was tracking it. Well, anyways, long story short, not to do a whole second podcast on that. Um, he'll usually pick a topic. We'll research, <laughs> them, we'll talk about it and then we'll come together like butt cheeks at the end and, you know, you know, give our feelings on it. If you will, sometimes we get political, sometimes we get emotional. I've cried a bajillion times on this podcast, but you know, Hey, we get deep. Well, let me ask you a
3: question. Um, is there anything you want to talk about? Uh,
1: no, I mean,
2: dude, I, as long as I get to plug my stuff at some point, I don't, I mean, I'm dude, to I talk- say,
3: I say we start with that, man. That's a pretty exciting <laughs> thing to, to start off with. Yes. Well, I was going through your Instagram, and it was like, dang, all these fucking badasses on this podcast. I'm like, I've damn. Definitely,
2: I've definitely got stories. I mean, look at my eyes. Those are, they've seen some shit. Look at that. Yeah, got some
3: crow's uh, feet going on. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. Getting old. That, it's more apparent now than ever with the with the quarantines. I'm not shaving my head, mm-hmm. and like, I see what's actually left and what's graying out, and I'm like, oh,
3: no. <laughs> Dude, same here. That's Dude, what I have like an Italian mobster hair right now, dude. It's like I'm just slicking it back now.
2: <laughs> dude, I'm getting the I'm getting the wings from like the Sopranos where like it's just gray on the sides only. That's like a, I'm just getting the wings. It looks nice, oh, dude. That's some good.
3: salt and pepper, man. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. some uh
1: George Clooney shit. George Clooney, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> I'm going to welcome everybody by uh, welcoming George Clooney to the podcast. It took many attempts to get him on, but hey, he's finally here. George, I'm
2: here to talk about my tequila, uh, <laughs> Casamigos or whatever it's called. There you go. Like, why the hell does George Clooney have a vodka tequila in Spanish? Is he Spanish?
1: I don't know. He's kind of. Spanish. He has a tequila.
2: Yeah, dude. So check this out. It was funny. I I don't not to like jump in or whatever,
3: but no, I'll go for it, man. Yeah.
2: There's a uh, I used to sell beer to liquor stores and there was a, a a really ghetto liquor store in Miami like the hood this is where go they go to buy you know blunt wraps and condoms and like the dick pills and uh but for some reason the the, the owner of that liquor store was convinced that George Clooney was going to show up and do a free sampling of his tequila at his liquor store <laughs> <laughs> I'm just standing there with my clipboard like Say what? And he's like, yeah, dude, George Clooney's coming. He's going to stand here and he's going to give out free samples. I'm like, there's literally a half-naked crackhead right over there looking at your blunt wraps. I highly doubt George Clooney is coming in here to sample out tequila, man. He's like, no way, bro. The distributor said that was going to happen. I'm like, okay,
3: okay. Sure.
1: And then that would Baha'i- only
3: happen in L.A
1: west hollywood maybe
3: yeah just because la is like one street is full of like homeless people like peeing everywhere eating their own poop and then yeah. like right across the street is like the fucking like oscars are going on right <laughs> but that's that, that's here in la like in miami yeah, yeah. no no Miami's like what the hell are you talking about dude
1: you might get ricky martin if you're lucky right was he puerto rican just say it man he was puerto rican
2: maybe a ricky martin uh, no no dude there would be no one pitbull maybe Pitbull might show up.
3: Pitbull might stumble in drunk at 2 in the
2: morning. Pitbull has something, some kind of cabossier or some kind of something. He's got a liquor well, of some sort.
3: The funny thing is, like, okay, so, like, Metallica has that new, like, blackened bourbon or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, doesn't – I don't want to, like, be a jerk, but doesn't James Hetfield have, like, a drinking problem? And he's been like, – Hey, man, it's money, dude. It's merchandise. Yeah, I was just like, man, what are you guys doing? Like, clearly your lead singer has an issue with substance abuse. Can we just, like yeah. – not, not do sell everything they just need to do like metallica condoms at this point i mean oh, they caskets. Could do
2: metallica what? caskets would be good oh. i would
3: i would use kiss that does that, that. kiss has yeah. caskets
2: god damn that's how you know you've embraced the old age of your band hey uh yeah. check out our website we got shirts and caskets
3: <laughs> rockers walkers they should have metallica walkers. walkers with the
2: special tennis balls but they're black and they have like the kiss logo on them
0: yeah. hell
1: yeah <laughs> Count me in, dude. As long as Medicare covers it, dude, I'm all about that, dude. I'm the biggest (sighs) Metallica fan
3: of all time. I don't don't see why we wouldn't cover it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Really quickly, before we get into any topic, man, I'm super jealous because I see that you're down at Grill Mall all the time, and I'm just like, God damn it, dude. That is, like, the best burger place in L.A. Oh, yeah. I would say even in Southern California, Ho Dad's might have something to say to that, but, God, dude, that's, like, one of my favorite, like, places to pick out ever.
2: I'll take it an extra step, and I don't give a fuck. I like them over any joint in the U.S. Like I've been around, I've traveled, I've done a lot of touring. I've been to Kuma Burger. Kuma Burger's great, but them All in the U.S. is one of the best burger places hands it's, down. Just not,
1: a, not only all. does it set the atmosphere by like you know, like everything's like heavy metal theme, which like I'm we're all about. Like we've done two episodes just about like our journey finding heavy metal or whatever. Um, but they also yeah. like embrace pro wrestling. Like I believe Dolph Ziggler has his autograph on the menu, like everything, you know, the Metallica burger is like AKA the Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And it's just like you, to me, like growing up in East Bakersfield, not many people are into heavy metal and wrestling at the same time. You're like a magical unicorn, if you will. So define like this magical place where everybody just conglomerates is just like heaven on earth for me. You know, because, like, you look on the menu, and you're like, oh, my God. And you look at the ta- the the TV, and, you know, they got the WWE Network playing. You're watching, like, old Jake the Snake fucking matches and shit. And it's just, like, it, like every time me and this guy go to L.A., like, we make it a point to stop by, you know, Alhambra first, you know, <laughs> load up, yeah. and then just, like, go on to whatever concert or, you know, fucking the Getty Museum, or whatever we're going to be doing in L.A. Like, it's just, like, a must-stop place to go to Gorilla Mall.
3: Dude, and... They have uh, that Deathstones beer on tap right now. They have that Phantom Bride on tap. Hell so. yeah. Hell yeah. That's Dude, rare that, to find. Those dudes are amazing. I, um, I met
2: them through Dave Witty of Municipal Waste. So like many years ago, I was working for a Cigar City Brewing, and the, the VP was like, hey, man, I need you to send a couple cases of this beer to a concert. And I know you like metal. And municipal waste is playing can you deliver these cases of beer i'm like yeah 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 yeah, dude totally <laughs> let's let's get this going and uh, show up watch the show whatever and dave's like we need to go to grill them all they have a burger with my name they have a witty burger
1: and it's delicious
2: yes and uh I'm, i was just blown away since then i've been friends with the owners like i you know he introduced me to ryan and um you know and Nikki and everybody that works there and They've been—they've been so supportive. Every time I do an event, you know, I, I hook them up with a, a, a local wrestling league called PCW for a little bit, where they were, you know, showing up at the shows to, to sell burgers. Um, you know, I brought Josh Barnett in, and they were like, "Let's do a Barnett burger," and we just sat there and. <laughs> You know, like, what do you want in a Barnett burger, man? And
1: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got to ask, did you guys smoke weed beforehand to figure this out? Because I feel like every time I look at their burger of the month, I'm like, somebody's got to be smoking a pound of weed just to be figuring this shit out. Like,
2: uh, you know, it's funny. Ryan uh, doesn't really drink much anymore. Doesn't drink anymore, actually, and doesn't really smoke. But it, but yeah, it's definitely, I get what you're saying. It's definitely like stoner level uh creations like i was high as hell when we sat down to talk about the warmaster burger josh yeah. was not but and it was his call most of the time i would just sit there like how about how about bacon <laughs> 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 they're like they're like yeah I don't know, we maybe we need something creamy i'm like how about cream cheese and they're like yeah <laughs> <I'm> like yeah
3: <laughs> and then stamp that's how you do it man <laughs> the Dude. uh the napalm death is like you know when like they ask you that question of like what what do you want your last meal to be? Mm. Napalm Death with their uh, is it the primate fries? Is that what yes. they call theirs? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. that's my like last meal that I'm like done. Give me you that. You know
2: what I really enjoy their they have a, a high on high on fire burger, but yeah. you can get you can get it on the fries. You get high on fries and it's just mm. fries covered in
3: buffalo chicken and blue cheese and oh, good, shit. good lord. Dude, the D. Snyder is like the the burger on there that I'm like, dude, they had to have been high to come up with that. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, no, it's and jelly. Oh,
2: my I lo- I love I love Grille They're they're Like right now, all of April, it's the War Master Berg that we did. Um, you know, they brought it back because we were gonna do a live podcast there because uh, Josh Barnett had um, Bloodsport three coming up to so where he was gonna face John Moxley, mm-hmm. who's currently like AEW champ. So it was like a really big deal and, you know, the, it was great to see it all kind of come together. I'm like, great, we'll do a live uh watch party like we did last year and we'll have the burger and then, you know, we'll get some sales. But all of that shit got put on hold because of the coronavirus, man.
1: <laughs> so speaking of coronavirus, how are you holding up right now with all this going on?
2: Mm. Um, I got to say, dude, I'm lucky. Uh, I've been very fortunate that uh, – hard work pays off because I'm I'm able to work. I'm able to make money and I'm able to keep doing stuff like this and doing the podcast. Good. And uh, so I'm good. The only thing it's, you know, the first few weeks, the first three weeks, I was like, yeah, this is great. Time off with my lady, you know, with the wife. I get to catch up on TV shows and video games. But I didn't realize that I was going out every weekend either to a, a wrestling show or to a concert or, or to hang out with somebody that's in town. And you know, it started hitting me like, Oh fuck, I need to get out of the house, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm good, but I'm financially good. Uh, Health wise, better than ever. I've actually been working out. I got some kettlebells. So I'm just, you know, as I'm working here at home, every time I take a break before I, at the office, I would have to like, Oh, I'm, it's my break. I'm going to go outside and maybe get a snack. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm home, I'm just like, oh, it's 15 minutes, workout, kettlebells, fucking do swings and, <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm in better shape now than I than I was before the coronavirus. That's
3: You'll awesome, see. dude. Dude, <laughs> same here, man. Like, I didn't used to have the opportunity to go for a run every day, and now it's like daily. Like, it's a stop. go out. There's nobody out there. I go to the middle of the woods and just go fucking. Well, we have a little. It's like a little miniature woods here in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. So I go out there and I run. There's no no one really out there. So it, it's it been great, man. I actually, like, you know, knock on wood. I actually got tested today for coronavirus because I had – I'm pretty sure it's the sinus infection, but uh, I'm not really tripping on it. <laughs> but um, um, they tested me today just to be safe. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, this has been, like, the best thing that's happened – to Mm -hmm. me in a while where I'm like, dude, I just got a bunch of time off of work. I'm just chilling, like doing the podcast, like relaxing, working on my health. Like it's been great. Mm
1: -hmm. And I just had a baby too. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, so I get to stay home and get paid for it. So, and I get to see him, you know, every little, every little coup, every little advancement, you know, and it's just, it's amazing to see. And then. Is this
2: your first baby? Oh yeah. Yep. Did, Did it change you completely? Like they say, where you're like, nothing else matters now.
1: Yes and no. Like everybody always talks about like, Oh, it's such a magical moment. And like you, you, like I'm still waiting for like that transition. Like I still feel like everything's the same. And I think a lot of this because I waited, you know, I'm 35 years old and in Bakersfield, that's really old to have a kid. Like I, like I'm ready to file for social security benefits at this point, but um, no, I feel like I everything since graduating college has been leading to this moment. And like, it's just like, Hey, you know, I got my house, you know, financially secure, um, you know, he doesn't want for anything. So it's like one of those things where like, it's like buying, you know, that sports car of your dreams and you're just set, you know, ready to go. So I feel like I've been, I've been in this mode for a couple of years now. So it's just, it's just putting everything that like, I've been pre- preparing for into practice. And, you know, it, the one thing I will say though, is just, it kind of makes me Less angry (laughs) because you you come home and you see your child you know you see him smile or whatever and it just kind of melts your heart a little bit so in that respect yes but you know for the most part it's not one of those like oh yeah I used to go partying and clubbing and whatnot and now you know I'm just glad to stay home it's just like no I've always been like that you know it's just now that I got my little dude right next to me and I'm like making him watch like SmackDown and Monday Night Raw (laughs) getting him into it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome.
2: I mean, I, that's kind of the dream, I guess. If, if uh, like, I don't really, I'm not looking into having children yet, uh, but I did raise like my siblings and it's a, it's a, I, I was there for the whole experience, like the diapers and vomit and piss and shit at four in the morning. So I just kind of want to skip all that now and just go into the hangout and let's watch wrestling and yeah, let me teach you about Thanos and uh <laughs> the the avengers
0: (laughs) yeah
3: i think that's i don't i'm excited for jacob for when his kid gets to that age of like eight nine like i feel like that's the the age where like they really start developing like what they're into Mm -hmm. that's gonna be pretty fun because even if it's not like exactly what jacob's into like if it's like oh fuck wrestling Mm -hmm. like if he goes into like a different path if he's like oh you know what i'm really into like fucking painting like i just want i just want to paint everything like, or whatever kids are going to be into in, like, 2009 or whatever, or 2029. <laughs> yeah, we if we're still If we're still alive by then, I don't even know what's going on in the world right now. But uh, that's going to be fucking dope. I'm excited for it, Jacob. Like, that's going to be sick. Mm-hmm. And that,
1: to be honest with you, that's how I got into wrestling is when, you know, my dad was around. Like, I remember, like, my first memories is just him, you know, sitting on his lap. Like, he's half drunk as fuck. And he's like, hey, Pelon, put on the boxing. And so, like, I would have to search, you know, the TV for, like, something that resembled boxing. And we'd always, like, land, like, on wrestling somehow. Like, somehow WCW would always be on. <laughs> and then my dad, like, half drunk, like, he'd be, like, imitating Ric Flair. I, I mean, it's funny. I'm wearing Ric Flair's shirt Ooh. right now. And um, there's this, like, the most Mexican guy ever just doing the worst Ric Flair impression and it's like Art was saying, like I hated WCW, but when WWF came on, I was like, okay, I'm all about that because I was a fucking Hulkamaniac. I was grabbing, you know, the bedside, you know, doing the Ultimate Warrior shake and whatnot. But um, yeah, I hope it's something like that. Like, hopefully, like he's into cool shit. Well,
2: I mean, it's up to you. You're the one exposing him to most of it and trying mm-hmm. to control most of whatever he's exposed to. But I remember being, a, I met, I met Hulk Hogan and Macho Man when I was a kid, dude. Oh shit. Dude, it was insane. Like I, I don't. I remember my age, maybe uh I want to say like sixth, sixth grade. So whatever that age is, uh, my buddy invited me to some. It was like a boat thing, like a boat club, a yacht club. And uh he was like, "Yeah, man, my, my, my family's doing this yacht club thing." And I was a poor little Hispanic kid, and he was a rich white kid. And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, yeah, bro, let's go to your fucking boat thing. I'm down." And uh, we get there, there's free food. He's like, yeah, just get food, get some whatever, get a soda. And then I remember just, they're like, come come to the pier, come to the pier. And I go to the pier and I look over at a boat that's coming in and it's Macho and, and Hulk on the the tip of the boat, whatever you call that. And they're just kind of like, waving at people and like posing if I can I'm like oh, what the fuck <laughs> is happening and they just they jump off or whatever they're saying hi to everyone they come up to me and just give me like a handshake and it was like a tiny little hand and this massive yeah. hand like, Ooh, I'm like oh, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the mega powers and, exploded in your pants oh man. my
2: god dude it was so crazy and then you know you find out that Hulk's a racist <laughs> 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 That's <the shit>. but, <laughs> Nah, I still I, you know like it's hard it's it's weird man like i'm not racist i obviously uh i'm against <laughs> it but, but st- like how am i supposed to like not appreciate the holster man like,
1: yeah it's one of those uh, things hard, man. it's one of those things and yeah another thing that you're into as well that um i kind of connected with you on on your podcast is you you're really into the store horseman uh podcast um mm-hmm. art and i we went to Pretty much, all, we've been to almost all of their um, live events, and um, Chris um, Burns he was talking about that as well, where he's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, you can love the character of Hulk Hogan, but despise, you know, the actual person. The person, personal, like, right. yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how I kind of look at it because you can't help but be drawn into like those old '80s, you know, promos of you know, you know, Hulkamania running around, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, Macho right. Man
2: slapping Elizabeth around, you know, like. <laughs> I love that story, dude. Like, to me, Macho and Elizabeth was this, like, beautiful thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, that whole wedding scene when I was a kid, like, that it was it was in my brain. And that's why I love Jake the Snake so much, too, because, like, I love Macho and Elizabeth. But then, like, the whole snake in the presence, like, it was mind blowing. Like, that yeah. t- as a kid, obviously. Uh, you know, looking back at it, I'm like, holy shit, he was uh, slapping her.
1: Yeah. Domestic <laughs> violence on live TV, you know? And you, you're. <laughs> so did you see that dark side of the ring
2: yeah, dude, that was great uh yeah. that shows that show's been killing it. um I watched the Benoit one recently it was rough mm. to watch dude yeah I, I had a hard time getting through that one lots of tears, but yeah, talking about the store horseman dude, I love those guys um you know they're they were so welcoming uh for a while like i've been you know i was I was listening to like five or six different wrestling podcasts at the time, like Wade Keller and jericho and stone cold mm-hmm. all that and they were starting to bore me like wade keller was starting to board the fuck out i mean it was just the same roman reigns and blah, blah, blah. i'm like okay dude good i'm, I'm fine um, yeah and then store horseman had characters and it was funny and it was comedy and uh you mm-hmm. know i started reaching out to them like i would just comment or whatever and then little by little you know message one of the dudes a couple of dudes and johnny ended up coming out to my Bloodsport 2 event that i did at Grilla mall uh johnny the the enforcer <laughs> and yes. uh yeah he showed up we sat down i you know i'm like hey man jump on the stream and we just stream talking shit for a while and then afterwards he's like hey come to the store I'm like yeah I'm definitely going to the store and i you know that was the first place i went to when i moved to la from miami mm. the, the 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 first like we were picking up my buddy from the airport like my my wife and I arrived first, and then our roommate arrived after. So we picked him up and just went straight to the comedy store to watch like Rogan and Tony and a bunch of the dudes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've always like that uh, ever since I was a little kid. I grew up on Carlin and fuck, you know Eddie Murphy and um, even Martin. I remember going to the theater as a kid going to go see Martin Lawrence as like the movie he put out that was like rated R. And you can't Black forget. Knight. I forget what it's called. No, not Black Knight. Black Knight was like
3: <laughs> 97, dude. Oh, yeah, this
2: was like a stand-up special that he did, and it was like rated R. And oh,
3: run, tell that?
2: Maybe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's funny
3: you bring up Martin Lawrence. I just heard like this really elaborate thing about how Martin Lawrence is like a jerk in real life. And, like, I'm sure he you know, is. I'm really, sure he really is. mean to comedians. Like he'll go up to comedians and be like, I don't even know who the fuck you are, and then just yeah. like walk away from them like, oh, jeez. Dude, it's anyways, an, sorry.
2: No, no, it's an interesting scene at the store, man. So, you know, a- after that night, we did the Bloodsport 2. Uh, Johnny introduced me to Tony. And, like, we all just went to the back room and started smoking. And, and just kind of like a – it was a process of just like, hey, come on back. And then I'm standing around. as Rogan and, and, and Callan talking shit. And, oh, wow. You know, I see this big, like, group of people uh, just smoking a blunt. So I walk over there. I'm like, I want, I want to hit that. And it was, like, Chappelle and his people and fucking, uh, oh, I forget his name right now. This Skinny white dude that, uh, that, does, that did a lot of his writing. Um,
1: oh, Neil Brennan?
2: Yeah, Brennan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was Brennan and, and, and Chappelle and, and Donnell Rawlings and a bunch of the dudes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't belong in this circle. I'm not a, 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 a you know, a stand-up legend or comedy legend by any means, but dude, it just hung out and, and got to know everybody. And it's just been little by little like I was on an episode of store horseman, you know, and it started off as a, 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 just a fan or whatever. But then they started coming up with storecade and Tony grabbed me. He's like, if you have any ideas, I'm like, I have a million ideas. Let's go, (laughs) let's fucking go and do this. And standing in the, in the, in the comedy store, like main room, I have pictures of just the ring being built out for Mm Storkade. And me standing there like with with Enzo and and, you know the Lucha Brothers. Tony grabs me. He's like, hey man, you speak Spanish. I'm like, yeah, I speak fluid Spanish. I'm Cuban. He's like, cool. We need you to handle the Lucha Brothers. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. (laughs) Whatever you need. (laughs) Just run back there like, hey, what's up guys? You're good to go. What do you need? Water. And they were like, we don't have a bell. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have a bell? so i'm like running around finding a i found a like a champagne container one of those metal buckets where they put the champagne in yeah and i was like does this work Did you hit it with a spoon and ding, ding, and I'm Like, yeah, that sounds like a bell right like, fuck it let's go and then finally somebody's like oh well we'll just run an mp3 of a bell i'm like or that yeah you know, <laughs> we have the technology for that sure
1: yeah welcome to 2020 everybody
2: it's just been a, uh, it's been a nut. Uh, it's been nuts. It's been a crazy experience uh, m- meeting all those guys. And, and even the, the, just the podcast that I've been doing, like I get emails that I don't understand. dude. Like, you know <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm next week. I'm supposed to talk to Jim Ross.
1: Yeah. I remember <laughs> you were telling me about that in the direct messages that we were having. And then I guess he sent you like an autograph book. Of yeah. His, yeah. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs>
2: I don't know, dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the girls like, just I'm have a- all the luck.
2: Dude, I'm a mark. Look, if you look over here, that's Ric Flair. Right there, autographed. I have a oh. Jimmy Snooker, which I should probably get rid of because he's a murderer. <laughs> and and then <laughs> and I have a Rikishi up there. And a, like I'm just a wrestling I'm a little kid that likes wrestling. And I get to talk to Jim Ross. Oh yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. So if you're looking for answers, if you're watching this and you're you're trying to like I want to be a podcaster. Good luck. I don't know what to
1: tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things too. Like I was um pretty much stalking your website looking at you know like the beginnings of your podcast because I was like, hey, for for us, like I remember like our the beginnings of our podcast. It was just this guy and me on my leather couch with a non-working you know AC in the middle of July, I believe like 2017, just sweating on each other on an old rinky dink ass fucking USB mic. And I'm like, okay, I want to see, you know, um, how Eddie started his podcast. And you pretty much just started right off the bat with, like, some hitters. I mean, you've had everybody from, you know, K- Killswitch Engage, Dillinger Escape Plan, Mastodon, As I Lay Dying, uh, The Melvins, Thursday, Pennywise, 3T, John Five, oh Oh, my God, Trivium. I mean, like, I'm getting dry mouth just saying all of these names, and it just seems like week after week after week, you've had nothing but hitters, I believe, since 2016.
2: Yeah, man. I've been super, super lucky. Uh, honestly, there's no secret. It's not like I sold my soul to the devil or Like, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of years, I spent 10 years in a band, uh, singing in a band, touring, putting out records. No, no, no. Like you, if I tell you the name of the band, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't even like know what it is like, Decever. and you'd be like, oh, oh, okay. December, like deceiver. Like they, people don't, <laughs> it doesn't register, but that's fine. Like, all that work though, those 10 years of meeting people. Like I remember seeing Mastodon at the culture room and when there was no one there, it was like 15 people. Wow. So, you know, like as time progresses, these are all things that are the work that I put in the like connections and people that I've met and, you know, just be nice. And, um, I, one day one of my buddies was just like, Hey, you, you go to all the concerts. I would show up to every concert with a cooler full of beer. Cause I knew these dudes and they're like, Hey, you, you like craft beer. So let's uh, drink. I'm bringing some bottles and we would just hang out and drink. So they, he, my buddy's like, you're the rock and roll beer guy. Okay, (laughs) Sure. And then one day he's like, you should start a podcast and call it the rock and roll beer guy. I'm like, but that's so cheesy. And he's like, exactly. That's what you need. You need some, you know. It's like WWE. Like we know, we know it's cheesy, but it works. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: I mean, Dwayne Johnson is literally named after a fucking piece of gravel. I mean, come on now. Like, and he's the most. The over. Rock. Yeah. Like he's the most <laughs> over thing in the world right now. I mean, for Christ's sakes, my kid watches Moana on repeat over and over again. You're and welcome. Yeah. yeah Seeing that in my <laughs> sleep now, you know, like so stupidest thing that gets over and the same thing with our podcast i mean i believe you know speaking of mastodon one of the original names was going to be mother puncher for this podcast and i was just like i was Hi. sold
3: on that dude i was like you know what let's go with mother puncher just because it makes no sense i was like let's just do it i was like really really hyped on it and then i think this name had come up before the art and jacob do america podcast yeah like it just came up it was a b was a butthead reference and i was like yeah you know what let's just fucking roll with this
1: yeah,
2: yeah, and dude. It, Ma- Mastodon uh, Mother Puncher is actually a beer now, so you might have gotten sued by McKellar or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: they would have took our domain name and shit.
2: Even though it's Mastodon song, they mm-hmm. the McKellar Brewery. It sucks, man. McKellar Brewing here in downtown LA closed down. Like it's been oh wow, been rough for the beer industry. I got out just in time. Oh, wow,
1: Thankfully,
2: uh, huh? Yeah, dude. This meeting has been upgraded. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh, yep. talking about Mastodon, I, I, that was, you know, so I, I met, I told you guys how I met Witty, Dave Witty, mm-hmm. from Municipal Ways. And uh, we did episode three together. And as as we were hanging up, I'm like, hey, man, you know, if you have anybody that wants to do the podcast, that'd be great. And he's like, what about Bron from Mastodon? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. Sure, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Let's get him on. But um the I've told the story before. The the whole way the podcast started was running into Adam D from Killswitch at the brewery at Cigar City. It was all through beer. I I was out there. It was in March. We were setting up for the yearly we do this once a year beer release called Hunapu. It's an imperial stout with vanilla and and uh chili peppers and cinnamon. It's like this massive beer. People would Line up months in advance to get tickets just to go to this fucking thing and uh, and get the beer. So but I was working at the brim. I was in charge of just kind of organizing all the tables and making sure all the brewers had everything they needed. Check their their, uh, keg box, jockey boxes, all that shit. And as I'm going around, like setting everything up the night before the event, I see Adam D at the at the tasting room. He's just standing there. And I look at my boss. My boss is like, so we need to get these tables. And I'm like, hold on a second. I think that's Adam D over there. I'm going to, I'm going to go talk to him real quick. I'll be back. And I walk over and I'm like, Hey dude, you're Adam D. He's like, yeah, I'm like I work here. And he's like, I love you guys. I'm such a big fan. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm a big fan of you. He's yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm like, let's go to let's go into the brewery. And we, you know, walk him around the brewery, uh, hang out and then I introduce him to the owners. And, and I'm like, you know, we should make a kill switch beer. He's like, yeah. I'm like, What? yeah yeah let's make a kill switch beer and everybody got into agreement and we just sat in a room and came up with a beer for kill switch and the aliver just brewing beer was because i said hey we should make a beer <laughs> Killswitch now has an actual beer and it's like a it's a weird thing to say something out loud and then it mm-hmm. actually happens
1: comes into fruition
2: and it, and you know you, you, obviously there's work involved but it's one of those things. Like pe- People ask me, like, how do you do this? How did you get this? Or how did you get this guest? And it's like, just d- say it and do it.
1: Kind of speak it into existence kind of
2: yeah. thing. And yeah. And I know there's a book, The Secret, and you got to wear like rocks and magnets and
1: uh, what, whatever. A, like a board? <laughs>
2: yeah, what, whatever works for you, dude. You got to pray to Jesus. You got to uh, have some like bracelets with like colored beads for whichever saint you're worshiping, <laughs> like I've seen it all, dude. And, but it works. I don't have an explanation. I can't tell you that it's this. It's Jesus. The, you know, Catholicism has it right. But boy, is that going to be a bummer if they are, huh? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, you, die, you die and you're like, oh, shit. I got it wrong. <laughs> Damn it. Right Let me ask you this. Time. What's been your favorite interview of all these interviews that you've done? Oh. <gasps> Uh,
2: I mean, they—they're they're all really great, man. They're all because, you know, it, it's everything. It, it's always to me. It's I'm still nervous every time I do it. Mm-hmm. I still feel like one day somebody's gonna wake up and be like, "What? Why? Like, <laughs> why are we talking to you?" Yeah. Um, But you know, Braun was definitely one that impacted me from Macedon. Like, just to have him on like right away. It was like episode eight or seven or something, and mm-hmm. um just kind of blew my mind i'm like okay well i can do whatever now you know Mm -hmm. so that that was that was great and then um i don't know man some of the brewers that i had on early on like i had uh uh, the dude from other half matt with rigs of dad that was fantastic just fun like I, i i got into like a little bit of a cycle for a little bit where pr companies and labels were sending me bands to talk to then I accepted some of them, like, you know, okay, yeah, can, can you talk to the dude from Attila? And I'm like, I've never heard this band, but sure. And then I start looking up the band. I'm like, oh no.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really into this at all, but that's yeah. fine. Like, see, like, that, that's, a, that's a prime example. So I'm not into Attila at all. And then they, they called and they were like, their, their PR was like, you know, talk to them. They have a new album. I looked it up. I'm like, no. And then I talked to the guy and he was great.
0: Mm hmm.
2: He, he, he had like a lot of business savvy. He was very nice, very friendly. And I was just like, wow, don't be so judgmental. You know what I mean? Uh, the reason the podcast exists, in my opinion, is to kind of break shit down past the point of standard interviews. Yeah. You know, uh, I could. Yeah, I could. I can interview somebody about their new album. Like, hey, tell me about blah blah blah. You know, how was the recording process? And like, that's fine. But you know how many websites are doing that? You got Metal Injection. You got Lamb Lamb Goat. You got you know. mm-hmm. everybody's doing interviews. I I, I want to have it be more of a. I want to get to know you and and do what I do outside of the podcast. Bring it into a like, make it a thing.
1: More like, more personal. Right. Yeah. Cause
2: that, that's, that's what the rock and roll beer guy is, is just me going out and hanging out with the bands and introducing them like, Hey, look, meet this guy and meet this person. He'll have some beer. How about we make a beer? How about we do this? And, mm-hmm. uh, I've been lucky to have uh, people keep saying yes.
1: That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then one thing like I want to go over too is, um, I was listening to one of your latest episodes with Michael Olago, which by the way, I love that episode. Like no joke. Um, Thank you. He, for anybody listening, that's the man that signed Metallica to Metal Force Records. Um, mm-hmm. I was in my no defense. no e-
2: Electra, Electra. Oh yeah had,
1: yeah yeah Electra, yeah I'm sorry. I had
2: Johnny Z who did the he signed them to to Megaforce at first and then and apparently now Michael did the Electra, which is you know Master Puppets Justice and Justice for All and all that.
1: That great era right there. So, yeah. you know, I was in this podcast studio, uh, you know, fixing it up, sanitizing and cleaning it and whatnot. But you, you were connecting with him that saying you, you were raised out in Jersey City, later moved to Miami. Now you're out, actually out here in California, Long Beach right now. Um, mm-hmm. Take us through that. Like, what inspired, you know, the move to Miami, then the move to LA? Oh, well,
2: um, all right. So I'll start in Jersey. I was born in Jersey City and uh my my father was very uh involved my grandfather and my on my mother's side and my father were both involved in some heavy duty waste management
1: okay i've seen some i've seen some movies about that
2: right um not you know making money just honestly it wasn't like maliciously intended you know they they weren't bad people they were just doing things to make money to support their family, things that weren't necessarily legal or at all legal. And uh, when I was about 15 years old, my dad got arrested and uh, he had to go away for like eight years or some shit, some crazy number. And the whole family was just like, well, gotta leave Jersey. (laughs) So my grandfather bought a house in Miami, Florida, and everybody wow. moved Everybody moved to Miami. And I, I was, you know, I, was, I had just started high school. Was, I had just done my freshman year at uh, North Bergen uh, High School, which is where Joey Diaz went. Which, that's how I connected with that guy, man. You know, just reaching out to him on Facebook. Like, hey, man, I went to North Bergen High. My dad's attorney is also your attorney, <laughs> Sam DeLuca.
1: A very busy man, might I <laughs> yeah,
2: Very busy man, you know. But no, I, I told him... <clears throat> about sam de and all these all these uh connections we had with the the family he also was a big part of me getting like i got the seal of approval from joey diaz at the comedy store like he told everybody this dude's family i'm like all right cool but moved to miami 15 years old dad was in jail and then uh around like 18 19 my family was like we're going back to jersey and i was like well i'm 18 i have a girlfriend and i'm about to go to college you guys can go to Jersey and I'll stay here, and I stayed in Florida, and the plan was to stay in Florida for a couple years, maybe, and then move from there, and I ended up meeting some guys that wanted to do music together, and I loved, I loved doing, you know, I loved listening to music, so I was like, fuck it, I, I'd like to do it, too. I was in a couple, like, cover bands, and, uh, you know, just shitty, like, local garage bands that we would just get together, and make noise. and these dudes really seemed to have their shit together, the guys in DeSever, And I was like, ah, you know, I'll sing. You guys need a singer, I'll I'll do it. I'm not great at it, but we just started hanging out, drinking, and playing music. We did that for 10 years, man. Toured the U.S. Uh, Like I said, played with some big bands. We opened up for Static X. We've opened up for Animals as Leaders and Thrice. Uh, You know, just did a bunch of shows in South Florida and it's kind of like South South North America, like Texas, Louisiana, uh, Arkansas, all that. And um, and then, yeah, then I moved out here to L.A. because of uh, my, my wife. Dude, she got an, uh, a job offer to work for, you know, a company that was her dream. And I was like, yeah, let's go. I'll find nice. work out there. And our, at the, it was like perfect time. It was like serendipity. Like our bass player had just moved to Seattle. He was like, oh, I'm moving to Seattle for an opportunity. I'm like, great. And then, you know, our, our drummer moved to Denver. And he's like, I'm going to Denver for this. I'm like, great. I'm moving to California. Everybody kind of split up. Yeah, And the, the second I arrived to LA, I just started working in beer and, and doing the podcast. And that's where I'm
1: at now. Nice. <laughs> cool. And then, I mean, I guess, I guess it's got to help too, like all the big guests that you have, that you, you are LA based. So you're mobile. I believe uh, one of the interviews you did, I believe you did it at the comedy store.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I've done a bunch at the store. I mean, like you know, they've been super nice to, to just let me do things. Okay. Just... You know, like I show up with ideas, and they're like, "Let's go!" Yeah, great. (laughs)
1: That's the thing. Is that like the comedy store management? Don't they have like that podcast studio, like in the basement?
2: Yeah, I was actually right before this whole thing, uh, right before the quarantine started, uh, and the whole coronavirus thing started. I uh, Johnny Scordis, the enforcer from Store Horseman, and I were going to start a podcast. Oh wow! We got uh, approval from the comedy store and approval to use their studio and everything they're like yeah just come in just do the pilot here and film it and, and put it out and it was going to be uh punisher patrol is what i'm calling it and it's something that i've been working on for a few years but it was basically um it was it would be the same concept kind of where we have a guest but it would be johnny and i talking to a guest about punishers and if you don't know what a punisher is it's not the superhero from the comic books it's a uh, in the music industry, a Punisher is like a super fan that doesn't really know when to stop.
1: Okay. Like like
2: you get the, you get your selfie, you get your autograph and then you're just lingering there like like punishing. Like, so, Hey, uh, uh, you know, I was hoping that maybe you could like record my voicemail like those Punishers. I've been a Punisher. Everyone's been a Punisher. Dude. Everyone. Yeah. So that's why I was like, you know what? This is perfect, a uh, team because we can have the guests talk about experiences with punishers, but also who did you punish? Cause I'd like to hear who, who like celebrities have fanboyed over cause I'm sure they have. There's oh, yeah. no one's perfect. No one's ever not punished somebody.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, whether it be a baseball player or something, you know, like who, tell me a story about that. So yeah, we were, we were about to launch that podcast right before all this shit happened.
1: Oh man. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I remember, um, it's weird because you followed my personal account. Like you didn't even follow the podcast account. You followed my personal account. I was like, "Oh, who, who's this Russian bot that's going to try to send me to the fan that was fans only site?" Right? Yeah. And dude. I was
2: like, so "My fans nudes."
1: Well, we'll talk about that afterwards. You <laughs> can slide me a password or whatever. I'm yeah. <laughs> we can camgirl up afterwards. I got bath water. I'll drink it, baby. <laughs> Put a little puby in there. Um, <sighs> but. um I, I was messaging you about like, oh, shoot, I see you have uh, Tony Hinchcliffe on your podcast. Like, I oh, would, I would love to have him on our show. And, um, you know, you said, you know, hey, he was fortunate, you know, to be on your show because, you know, he said no to everybody else. And but I remember the first time I went to the comedy store it was my birthday. And I remember looking at the lineups and I was just like I was trying to find Tony Hinchcliffe because I seen him open up for Rogan when they came here to Bakersfield and I was like oh my god and art can attest to this as well like he totally killed it so much that it's just like Joe Rogan became irrelevant like I was like holy shit who is this guy and you're know, not to kill you know his bit but like he it was when he was talking about the three eye raven and getting the slop top <laughs> like yeah. I was dying I was like I have to see this guy at the store like I I need to make a pilgrimage out to the comedy store just like you you know I've been a you know, a, a fan of comedy since, you know, I, since before watching Ric Flair on my dad's lap. So it's just like, I just need to go to this Mecca, just see what it's all about. And I remember catching, you know, uh, a set with Tony on there. And again, you know, the person that followed him after, you know, his set, like they, they couldn't even, you know, hold air in the room because he had killed it so bad, so good. So I remember, you know, at, you know, looking at the next comedian, i looked at my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, do you want to head out? Like it was getting late. And she was like, yeah, hold on. Let me go pee real quick. So I make my way out to uh, that, 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 little bar area in the front of the comedy store, you know, there's like a bar off to the side and there's like mm-hmm. the OR right there. And then off to the side is the belly room. So I'm just chilling out there waiting for my girlfriend, you know, to pee or poop or whatever she had to do, change her pad. I don't know. And, um, all of a sudden Tony just comes out and, you know, he's looking at his phone and he's scrolling, like he's going through Instagram. And I was like, holy shit, that, that's Tony Hinchcliffe. Holy shit. He's a lot smaller than like I thought he would be. So I go up to him and I'm wearing this undertaker shirt and i was like yeah i remember like joe rogan giving him shit like on his podcast cuz he's in a pro wrestling maybe you know i can just make a connection with him real quick and promote our podcast if you will give him like a sticker or whatever and I remember going up to him and for whatever reason, just totally like just like I'm going up to the hottest girl in the world. Like it was like some Instagram, you know, you know, thirst trap girl or whatever. And I just remember like, oh, uh, 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 hey, 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 Tony, oh, uh, I uh, uh, hear you like uh, wrestling. Here's, 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 here's my Undertaker shirt. And I remember like he's like, yeah, OK, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and I was just like in my mind, I was like, dude, Jacob, get it together. Get it together. And I was just like <laughs> trying to compose myself and like be like, oh, so you had a really good show tonight. Like you were the best comedian I'd ever see in my life. And he was just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like just trying to like pivot out of the conversation or whatever. Right. And I remember just thinking, like, okay, dude, just abort, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. And I was just like the whole time just talking and talking and talking more. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm one of those dudes now. Like, I, I'm a punisher, if you will. So dude, you're that, a total man.
3: punisher, man.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. And dude, it's so easy to fall into <laughs> that. That—that that was also one of the things I wanted to do on the show. Was uh, you know, obviously we'll, we'll share stories, funny stories like that. But, but also at the end, just kind of give tips on how to not be a punisher. And it, it's not easy. It's not easy, dude. Like, again, mm-hmm. I've done it. I've, I've definitely punished several people where I'm just kind of like, Ooh, yeah. hey. You know, thankfully, a lot of the times I get second chances. Uh, like good. that was with uh, like Xavier Woods. Like the first time I met Xavier Woods from the New Day, I, uh, I ran into him at E3, and it was just I was just there as a guest. Like somebody invited me, gave me a pass, and, and I saw him walking by. I'm like, ho ho ho, hey, what's up, Xavier Woods? <laughs> Holy shit! He's like, yeah, man, I'm about to go play. I think it was like uh, Final Fantasy: The City, which is like a fighting game. I'm like, can I come with you? It's like, yeah, 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 come on with me. And I I follow him and as I'm walking behind him, like I'm having that conversation in my head like, do I tell this dude that I'm a huge wrestling fan? Like what <laughs> – like, that I know exactly who he is or yeah. do I just like pretend that he's just going to go play video games? I don't know what to do. And the first time I – you know, that first time I, I I fucked up. I was like, ah, dude, I fucking love wrestling. I watch you every week. What <laughs> And he's like, okay, cool, man. Just, you know, come play the game. I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. And we just play the game and then we kind of interacted and that. And then afterwards just kind of broke away and then later on in that evening, I ran into him again and he's like running with a bunch of people and he looks at me he's like, you're that dude. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We played the game. He's like, come with me. I need your help. I'm like, okay. And just keep walking. And uh, we walked straight into uh, the Square Enix booth. The guy who had done Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Yoshi, Yoshi P, was just hanging out. and He's, like, talking to the guy. He's, like, hey, what's up, man? I'm WWE, whatever. I came here to give you this belt. And he, like, gives me a bag. And I'm holding the bag. I'm, like, what? And he just grabs a, a WWE championship out of the belt, out of the bag that I was holding. I'm, like, oh, <laughs> okay. the holy he- grail. He presents it to the to Yoshi P and does this whole thing. It was this incredible experience. And I just kinda like got to be there by accident. And then cut two years later, I'm working for Final Fantasy, you know, companies and, and Square Enix and doing the E3 thing. And Xavier Woods walks in and he's like, I need a coach. I remember you. Come on. And then, and then we just started talking and, and I'm coaching him through this video for his up up down down website
0: yeah
2: it's it's ridiculous dude I, I don't know how i keep walking into these types of scenarios but i could just say that if you have something you want to do go do it mm-hmm. just go be there be involved be be in the center of, a, of that attention of that moment of that whatever it may be for you 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 like wrestling show up to wrestling shows and yeah. talk to people and be normal try to be normal i know it's hard like i said like i was trying to explain that you know i nerded out and just fucking punished but <laughs> you, you you can just be a normal There are people everybody's just people trying to do things right you know and, and just be a, be a person with them that's all i can say
1: <laughs> and then speaking of xavier woods um because <laughs> i was going to ask you if you uh if you asked him about how it was page But, um,
3: come on now. I'm respectful. Yeah, (laughs) that would be the ultimate crossing the line to be like the old punisher guy. But, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. But with that (laughs) said, I'm sure you saw, um, you know, because you're a Mark just like me. I sure, I'm sure you've seen the newest news about Velveteen Dream.
2: No, honestly, I have not. What's up? What did Dream do?
1: Well, apparently, um, (laughs) (laughs) apparently, um, you know, okay, I'm waking up at six in the morning. I don't know what you
2: guys are talking about, by the way.
1: So I don't, know, uh, I don't
2: know either, so let's, let's get some news
1: Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> scoop the melts here, baby Oh, uh, no <laughs> Hey, come on, man I haven't had my store horseman pick, but, um, uh Apparently, uh, Velveteen, Velveteen Dream You know, I was waiting for my computer to fire up this morning Before I was teleworking You know, and I was perusing through Twitter and whatnot And apparently, Velveteen Dream Sent a very luscious uh, dick pic uh, To an uh, underage person But I guess now he's saying That his phone was hacked Mm-hmm. Somebody was sending these out. So um yeah. Not a good look for the
3: dream right now. Who's the <sighs> Belbatine dream? I don't even know who that is. It's an NXT wrestler.
2: Oh, okay. He was just getting positioned for a NXT championship match with mm-hmm. Adam uh, Cole, with baby. Him and uh, Finn are gonna compete for a number one spot against Adam Cole. Yikes. I guess we know <laughs> who's winning that one, huh? Fergal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Look, I love I love pro wrestling, but it's gotten easy to kind of see where it's going. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of the empty arena shows.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that as well. Like, I, I'm starting to feel myself disconnect a little bit. And I think a big reason why I was a big fan of the store Horseman is because one of the episodes they were talking about, you know, hey, like, we were big marks as children and we kind of fell out of love with it for a long time. And, you know, whatever, you know, their story was, whether it was CM punk or Daniel Bryan and whatnot, you know, they got back into it and I had the same story, you know, exact same reason, you know, you start to, to, to see what's going to happen, you know, six months from now. And if you can, if you can predict what's going to happen, what's the point of me watching, you know? And I feel like, you know, with these empty arenas, like, yeah, it's cool to see, you know, the theatrics of it all, you know, see them, you know, perform in, you know, the ring, do their art. Um, but at the same time, you know, that aspect of not having the audience there it takes a lot from it. And you're just sitting there, you're just saying like, okay, I, I know what's going to happen with this storyline. So that's one question I was going to ask with, with you, like, how, how are you as, as a big wrestling fan? How, how, what's your feelings on this whole, Even AEW, the whole empty arena shows that they've been doing.
2: I'll give uh, I'll give AEW some credit. Um, Them, they're they're putting people in the crowd. They're putting people there to kind of you know maybe five or six people, but it's something. There's noise. Mm -hmm. There's a ooh, you know, like there's there's that. That's something I learned at indie shows. Was that uh, the crowd? It makes all of the difference. It makes all of the difference because unless you're doing some kind of theatrical thing, like what they did with the uh, undertaker and AJ at mania, that's cool. I'm into it. I'm also into the edge and an Orton backstage mm-hmm. thing. Cause you know, that's usually those hardcore matches are usually like that anyway. Yeah. There's no people. They're just backstage, <clears throat> but the empty arena thing with no crowd it's especially with WWE. It starts to feel extra fake, Yeah. you know? And uh, I was talking to Josh Barnett recently about it on the podcast that I think blood sport would have been a perfect thing for no audience because you just turn off all the lights, one fucking spotlight on the dudes and they're going they're they're hitting each other they're they're you know wrestling like, that's exciting but but WWE is lends itself more to like a crowd participation, correct? Uh, the, the people clapping and cheering and doing the chants and whatever it may be. It just feels very, very awkward, and I don't care. And there's a and there's a, a, an increased number of squash matches happening now too, with AEW and WWE, where like I, I know that this guy isn't gonna lose like there's,
1: there's some jobber yeah
2: yeah you're building him up like oh, i'm not gonna watch that why am i gonna watch that why do i need to see alistair black do another j- squash like i'm I'm good can we move on like yeah so it, i've been tuning more into w uh to aew because um having some people there's just fun um they're they're they have more interesting stories with with mm-hmm. like matt hardy and jericho i think it's it's more interesting than whatever the fuck Braun Strowman, you know Yeah, (laughs) like I I love Braun Strowman, but like, okay, cool. Like we all know that wasn't the the plan. We all know it was Roman. Yeah, and then the coronavirus fucked everything up, so now we got Braun. It's like, well, who's he gonna drop it to? The back to the fiend, so that then Roman can take it from the fiend, and Roman can be this awesome, unbeatable Samoan Superman. Like,
1: which was the whole point of Goldberg, you know, winning it from the fiend, instead of so nobody, you know. Didn't boo yes. Roman, you yes. know, yes. when that happened at Mania. So
2: it's not, it's not exciting. I don't care. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sad actually to see that they're gonna definitely eventually give it to Roman and ruin the Fiend. Um, it's not exciting,
3: Fiend, dude. I'm not even a wrestling fan, and I love the Fiend.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm going too, Marky. Sorry. Oh I'm, no,
3: no, no, totally. So I'm, I'm kind of. Jacob's a huge wrestling fan. Maybe I should clarify. I'm not really that into wrestling, but okay. The Fiend and um, Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Those are like the two dudes that I really like. That and uh, who's that girl? I'm, I'm not that big into it. Bailey? Um, no, not Bailey. I don't even know who that is. Oh, Bailey? Yeah, yeah. The hugger girl? Yeah, she's cool. Yeah. But she's, uh, she's, evil. Hug- she's evil now.
1: Yeah, she's, she's evil now.
3: Oh, she's not hugging anymore. Oh, never mind. I'm not with that. I'm not with evil, dude. <laughs> yeah, now she's gonna, got some I'm weird I'm going to stay haircut. good with the Lord right now, so I'm not trying to go <laughs> with. <that. laughs> uh, no, uh, what's her name? The girl that just won the championship. That won the uh, WrestleMania last year.
1: Oh, Becky Lynch,
3: yeah. Becky Lynch, yeah.
2: I'm over that. Like I was into the the man thing for a little bit. And like when it was really hyping up, I'm like, all right, you know what? I can get behind this. This is cool. They're actually giving her props. They're giving her like, you know, mania headlining spots. Great. Mm-hmm. And then
3: it kind of just started like, well, now what? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I watch wrestling like once a year. So it's oh. not like I'm not, I'm not like I'm keeping up. But the Fiend's dope, man. That mask is dope. Your Black is dope. Any, I mean, any, any wrestler that's working with Code Orange who I fucking love mm-hmm. is like, I'm right there with them,
2: dude. That was sick. You watched that that takeover then, right? With Aleister Black coming out with Code Orange, like that yeah. was that was tight, man. Like I remember meeting those dudes, uh, opening up for Killswitch. Like Adam invited me out to one of the shows, and they're like, yeah, Code Orange is opening. I'm like, what? All right. And and I remember after they played, we hung. I was doing the the side stage thing, just hanging out, you know, as Killswitch played. And it's the the band, just Code Orange dudes, are just there, and I'm like with my pen, just like, Hey man, um, you
3: want to hit some weed? Uh, yeah. Like,
1: all right. So moral of the story, bring beer and bring a weed pen.
3: That's that band that I keep being a punisher for, man. Like I run into them a lot. I've been down with them for like, since they were code orange kids and oh, like, nice. and like every time I run into them, I just make an ass of myself. I'm just like, I think you guys are dope. Oh you man, are, I can't are, wait. you guys oh, are going to be headlining <laughs> aftershock.
2: And then it's just like, oh man, I just make it. Hey, ass man, they got the fiend. They did the song for the fiend. You know, like that's huge. And then, and that also speaks volumes for Triple H.
0: Yeah.
2: Because it's it's Triple H that kind of like is the guy that's walking around like, hey, yeah, you know, we should put these two together. Like, you know, I I respect that for sure.
1: And in a, in, a, in a in a box, I think that's what's kind of keeping me interested in the, the WWE product because NXT is so strong. And you can see what the future is going to hold and, you know, marrying those two worlds. Because for me, music plays a huge part of my life as well as, you know, sports. You know, I'm also into, you know, basketball, football and whatnot and UFC and all that. But to me, it's like all of those things go hand in hand. And if you can somehow marry them, which is how the 80s, you know, explosion with wrestling, that rock and wrestling, that's how that took place. And you get to see the future, like once Triple H takes the helm, you know, from Vince McMahon, whenever he dies at, you know, 130 years old, the future does look bright with him. But it's all about the old man right now.
2: Well, that's that's, you know, I was I was excited before the quarantine because uh, XFL was happening. And in my (laughs) mind, I was like, okay, cool. Vince will go do that. And then Triple H will will start running shit some more. Uh, and then you know, I read that the XFL has now filed for bankruptcy, so mm-hmm. that's not happening anymore. And now we got Vince bored. so yeah. Vince is going to start infiltrating again. And you know, uh, I, I don't know, man.
0: I, you did? I, I, you did? I canceled see a my network. Difference.
2: Oh, you did? I canceled my network. I'm I'm good. Like, there's an illegal website that I go to <laughs> to keep. I watch, you know, clips. I'm like, all right, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll stay in the loop. There you go. Till, till till things get back to normal. Because I don't care about the empty arena shows. I really don't. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing. Like, I, I talked to Josh Barnett. I talked to Tony, Tony Hinchcliffe. I talked to a bunch of people about this. And it's, you know, they're like, yeah, they're, they're going to crank out some entertainment. I get it. But I'm just not into it, dude. I don't think Mania. Mania did not feel like Mania. I don't care how many nights it was. I don't care that it was two nights. That does not feel like mania. It's an empty room that you've been doing Raw and SmackDown in.
1: <laughs> it was a really long SmackDown episode. That's what it yeah, felt. like. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. I don't care. It's not yeah. mania. So I'm
1: still making up, my, up to my girlfriend because of that. She had to sit down and watch that with me, and she's still. I'm sorry.
2: Off. I Apologize to her for me. Yeah, um, it's just look. I'm with the way the music industry is right now. A lot of like nobody's doing shows, mm-hmm. and and even if you know the the the. They're saying that May 15th is when the quarantine's over. I I don't think that's going to matter. Like Concerts aren't coming back until late summer, maybe next year. Mm-hmm. And Because even if they say, hey, yeah, concerts are back, and people book shows, n- a third of the crowd's going to be there. A lot of people are yeah. still going to be scared to go out. They're going to be scared to, to leave their home and, and, and be in a mosh pit, especially like rock and metal where like you're, you're interacting, you're pushing people in the sweat and spit. And, ah, you know, oh, yeah. it, it, it's going to be a while, dude. It's going to be a yeah. while.
1: Yeah. Speaking of um a while, I mean, WrestleMania is going to be in LA next year. Um, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, the mayor Garcetti, he said that, you know, maybe next summer of 2021, you know, that's when they'll start having, you know, concerts and whatnot. So uh, we'll see on that. I mean, it's just, it's sad because that, that was one of those things where it's like I went to the Wrestlemania in uh, San Francisco and it was like one of the best times I've ever had in my life. Um, that was when me and my girlfriend were starting to date. And, you know, she she hates wrestling, but she had the time of her life up there. We went to did Access. We did, you know, NXT. You know, the first time, you know, they had that takeover there. It was a smaller scale, of course. But, you know, I was really looking forward to doing the whole, um, you know, Wrestlemania here in you know, our own backyard. You know, Bakersfield is like, what, an hour and a half away from yeah. where you guys are at. Um, but shit, I mean, psh, down, there goes that dream.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I haven't been to WrestleMania ever. Oh wow, never. I and I've done a few others. I mean, I've done Rumble a couple times. I did. Uh, I remember I did one of the Rumbles in Florida where I was actually working, where I I uh, was working for the arena at the time, and we were building out you know the production side of it, the stages and the lighting and and putting up the speakers and. Uh, I just remember, I remember sitting in the, in the back of the arena, watching the, the workers come out in their suits and just being completely mind blown. Like, Oh, there's Kane in a suit. There's uh there's, <laughs> there's Shawn Michaels and Triple H in a suit. You know, like it was, it, they were just leaving the, you know, whatever transportation going in to, ch- to go to the locker rooms to change. And, and, you know, I got to also be out there with the ring, like building out the ring for this rumble and, it was just – it's such a weird vibe being part of those those types of crews. Like if you're – let's say you're uh, somebody who's interested in all of this. You're, you're interested in pro wrestling. You're interested in, in, in music. Get a job doing the production side of it because that's how you open doors. Like that's how I open doors. I, I, I managed to, to meet somebody that was running the production company at uh, uh, American Airlines Arena in Florida or actually the Miami Arena, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're part of this company and we, you know, we help, we're stage hands, professional stage hands. So I started doing that. My first gig was Aerosmith and Lenny Kravitz. And I, I, you know, I met this dude from like, it was a girl I was dating and she's like, I know this guy, I can get you a job. I'm like, sure. All right. And I want, talk to the guy. And first gig, Aerosmith, Lenny Kravitz, the, the, <laughs> the crew chief at the time was just like, hey, man, we need you to stand over here. And if anybody comes through this door, do whatever they say. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. And I, I stand by the door and our, out walk out like some, some ladies doing cocaine. And they're like, oh, my God, can you go get, you know, Tommy? I'm like, okay, sure. And I walk in. I'm like, there's looking – two ladies doing cocaine are looking for Tommy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody just raises their hand.
3: <laughs> like, what? Like, well, I, thought say, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the two ladies were uh, Steven Tyler or something. Dude. Like, no,
2: so so they okay, <laughs> Stephen Tyler the, as, is
3: <laughs> two women. I met
2: I met dude. His face is rubber. It's ah. insane. Like I, I, it's like I, I, Pop is, dude. Yeah, dude. I, oh my god. I mean, and lo- and I love those people. So like, you know, fuck yeah. Good job staying alive. <laughs> I would
1: have. I would have been, but. That reminds me of like when I saw Metallica uh, last year. I believe it was in Fresno, and Jim Brewer was opening up for him, and he had the most hilarious thing ever. Like on his set, he said that, "Hey, you know, just to let you guys know, they're a little bit older now. James Hetfield, he looks like the guy from Orange City Chopper, whatever that show is. Kurt Hammett looks like an old, you know, Asian grandma now. Lars." Lars is still alive like it was just like It was that Lars like, is Lars Yeah <laughs> it looks like a 60 year old Gerber baby um but like <laughs> But it was true like James Hetfield came out and I was like oh wow like this isn't The hero of my childhood right there you know Like the long you know lion's mane like he looked Like the guy from Orange County Chopper
2: <laughs> yeah man it, like, it, it's a it, You know that saying don't meet your Heroes kid like it, it's It's kind of true to a certain degree Like there's some people that I've met that I'm I've, You know I've admired that are just not cool. They're just not good people, man. Like you may love their work. You may love their, whatever they do, whatever it may be, athletes, comedians, actors, musicians, you'll meet them and you'll be like, Oh my God, whatever it is that you do is so important to me. And then you, you find out that they're just actually a piece of shit. Like it's <laughs> just kind of, all right. Uh, I guess it's, it's so the don't meet your, don't meet your heroes kid. It's kind of true but i've also met some people and i'm also a a fan of absurd shit so you know like pro wrestling pro wrestling's absurd it's 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 theater it's uh over the top fireworks and you know people in masks and under like underwear whatever
1: uh it's shaved bodies
2: right it's completely ridiculous and i try and i realize that every time i try to explain to the wife sometimes i'm like so did you see, because like, you know, John Moxley like put out a video about like the dogs and him like breaking out of jail. So like that's <laughs> WWE, you know, and she's like,
1: oh. <laughs> so what do you want for dinner? What do you want for dinner? Uh, that's so... like. Go ahead. Art. Oh,
3: sorry. No. Go, go ahead. Go
1: no that i was, this was like my, my girlfriend like we have like these weird conversations where it's just like hey do you think that guy looks good like like i had a conversation with her like two weeks ago about matt riddle i was like that guy you looks like he's hot? yeah do you think he's hot and she, and she turned it back to me she goes do you think he's hot and i'm like well i mean he's got beautiful hair i mean i don't know what to tell you see his lips little <laughs> big lips man yeah i mean you just want to suck on him a little bite you know a little nibble action right there or whatever
2: yeah i mean you know she sometimes gets jealous of like when i'm watching female wrestling i'm like dude i'm not into that
0: like, i'm not
2: yeah. i'm really not into girls with muscles like uh, good for you good for being healthy and, and a worker and putting in that time but uh i'm good <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm around too many dudes to have a girl that looks like a dude
1: oh i know right <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i i, I know um the majority of your podcast is about music and um, we talked more about wrestling than we have music. So one of my questions to you is going to be like, what bands you know, are you currently listening to right now? I know for me, you know, during this quarantine era, you know, I'm rediscovering music. It seems like, you know, Art said it beforehand, you know, beforehand you're so distracted with work and you're so tired from work that, Hey, you know, you just want to come home and relax and just, mindlessly watch, you know, pro wrestling or just, you know, 90 day fiance with your significant other or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, I feel like during this time, like I'm, 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 rediscovering music again. Like I had never listened to an album before in my life. And, you know, we mentioned Code Orange earlier and I really feel like that code, that recent Code Orange album was like, it's been like one of my favorite albums this like past this past month or so. So my question to you is, is, you know, who are you feeling right now?
2: Uh, so I, that Code Orange record's pretty good. Um, I'm uh, I don't I haven't fallen in love with it as much as I did with their previous one, but it's still good. I, and I like the I like the additional in, industrial additions. Um, I grew up on industrial music like Nine Inch Nails and shit, so to me that, that makes perfect sense. And um, but I've actually been obsessed with Igor, I G O R R R three Rs. And they're on metal blade records and uh they are just making some weird ass shit dude they have a song with with uh corpse grinder george from uh, cannibal corpse and uh like halfway through the song it becomes a 8-bit nintendo song (laughs) oh wow and like you watch the video and like it's george from cannibal corpse as an 8-bit video game character and i'm just like what the fuck like this just it's mind blowing and, and there's like you go on this like I went on a rabbit hole journey looking at their videos. They have videos of them creating instruments out of like empty gas canisters where they like cut it and fucking buff it and do little things and, and they are making like they found a boat and they pick it up and take it into the studio and set up like twenty mics and hit it with a certain thing so that it creates a sound and they put that in their record. And, you know, I appreciate that because a lot of bands will do that kind of music, but it's all synthesized. It's all keyboard stuff or samples, Mm -hmm. Uh, but these dudes are actually making the instruments. And I thought, and then like, it'll be drum and bass, death metal, and then occasional like opera singing. Like some, uh, they have a lady that comes out, like Like, crazy. Uh, So I've been really into Igor. Um, Before them, I was into Sleep Token came out of nowhere. They're, uh, kind of an anonymous band. They, they don't have names. You don't know who the band members are. Um, they wear outfits they have masks and hoods and stuff. And I was attracted to it cause it was like, Oh, pro wrestling. Yeah, like, This is Lucha. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I, you know, I paid attention to it. My, my wife was listening to it and it's like, it started off really mellow, like electronic. And then at the end of the song, they would always break into this like Meshuga heavy eight string guitar, you know, offbeat progressive part. It was always, it would start off like beat, like electronic beats, all nice and pretty, like massive effect or massive attack or or something like that. But then it would end with like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, holy shit! what is, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I got obsessed with Sleep Token, and they were doing this really interesting release process for their album. Instead of just dropping their album and like a couple months before they'll do a single, they started dropping every song on the album every two weeks. So like the first, you know, hey, here's the first track on the album, and two weeks after, like here's the second track, and they just kept doing that until the whole album was out, and you could buy the the full album. But it was just really interesting to do that because it gave you time to kind of digest each individual song because every song was a little different. Like uh, some songs are heavier, some songs are a little more melodic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sleep Token, um, they they draw a lot of influence from the Deftones. So if you're into Deftones, I would say check it out.
3: It's my favorite band, man. That's that dude. guy right there. Yeah, dude. all same. I mean, I think right now I have so much time to like just check out so many new bands. There's been bands that I've been like. I just like listening to albums in its entirety, but right now I feel like there's just been so many, like, um, female led bands for the first time in a long time that I'm just like really into even code orange would kind of fall into that with like Rita taking charge of a lot of the songs in the new album, which I dig. I agree with you though. I do think that this new album is, it's a bigger fucking monster than, than forever was forever was very easy to get into like really quickly. Um, and I know not everybody likes, uh, Pop, you know who poppy is right i don't know if you know but like poppy's yeah, yeah, yeah. new album i actually no, really she's dig she's,
2: it. she's doing a lot of wrestling intros for nxt man yeah,
3: yeah 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 to tie it all together she's doing great stuff i love her new album uh rena sayana i don't even know if that's how it's pronounced but like it's like a poppy thing that like rihanna would do and then it like blends into like some metal music and it's like it's it's pretty mind-blowing to me so like there's a lot of bands that i'm like really excited for there's constantly bands that i'm excited for like um i've never music is something that like i'm i always make time for like no matter what i like time like there's i like podcasts but at the same time it's like i can't work out i can't go running to listening to somebody talking so like for me it's like i gotta have something that's like give me something i want to hear something with a beat i want to hear something that's hard and that's why like music's always been important to me um so like i don't know even though like this new time has made it like if I go for a walk, if I go for a hike with my girlfriend or whatever, like I always have to have something like just listening to like something interesting. That first band, you know you talked the opera singer and all these things like that. Like, I was like, damn, that sounds legit as fuck. Like actually both bands. And then the second band, when you said they were influenced by death Tones, I was like, I'm sold, sold man. That's my Dude, favorite band ever, man. Like there's a there's a straight up
2: song that uh, the PRP, I don't know if you're familiar with that website, it's like a metal website. They reported on it because it's true. There's they the Sleep Token put out a song that sounds like a Deftones song, like like almost sounds ripped off, but yeah. it's not. It's more <laughs> of like a, it's more of a tribute than it is like you know. I I analyze it. I get it. I hear 100%. I hear the Deftones.
3: In I'm gonna that look song. it up right now. There's like, have you heard of the band called Nothing? They're kind of more of like an all. I remember lower. Nothing.
2: I remember Nothing.
3: So like Nothing to me is like a band that clearly you can hear the Deftones influence in there. I like Nothing a lot. Like Nothing is one of those bands that I really like to chill. It's one of those bands I like to drive to. It's kind of strange, but there's music that I'm like, I gotta listen to this while I drive, and like Nothing falls into that category. But I'm gonna check this band out now that has your seal of approval on it.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to to befriend a lot of the Deftones dudes. Like those guys, man. Like I, I, you know, one of the first bands I ever I was ever in. It was a Deftones cover band. Like we were just because we loved. The music and we just thought it was good music and it, it what really drew me into them was their video for board because it was them playing inside of this like abandoned house yeah and it was just like a house party type of scenario and that's what we were doing that's what the band was doing that's what my band was doing we were just playing house shows and like abandoned buildings or like random places people get together so i felt that connection like okay these 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 are my people you know and to, to many years later, just be around them, like hanging out. Like, you know, last NAM uh, here in Anaheim, I Stephanie went out. There. Was there. Yeah, no, it was, oh, uh, well, yeah, Stefan was there. But huh. throughout the night, Poison the Well, which are some really good friends of mine, were playing their reunion show in downtown LA. And I was going to go to that. And the buddy I was with was like, yeah, man, I'm going too. I'm like, cool, man, can I ride with you, please? Because I'm like, you know. A full day of NAM, doing interviews. I'm tired. I don't. I don't want to drive. If you can take me there, that'd be great. So like, yeah, we'll we'll do that. And then uh, when the time came around, he's like, I don't have a ticket to the show and it's sold out. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, man. I made all these plans. He's like, yeah, we're not going. I'm like, shit. So we ended up hanging out in in NAM and not going to this Poison the Well show. And I was like, bro, you need to make it up. Like. Make it up to me. This is bullshit. Like that. Yeah. That show meant that show meant a lot to me. Yeah, you know, I really wanted to go hang out with my boys, and he was like, "Oh, let's go hang out with the Deftones." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's go do dude, that, that. To me, even. that's.
3: Yeah. That's like, yeah, I'll take that every, any day of the week, man. Yeah. I'm
2: like, All right. Fine. Fine. And uh, dude, we were standing at a bar, and the bar was closing up, and 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 uh, Frank and Abe were like, "Well, we need to keep drinking, and there's no more booze," and like.
1: Rock and roll I beer cool, guy, right? I have here. a cooler
2: full of shit in my car. You guys want to go to my car? And we ended up just doing the the parking lot hangout in the trunk of my car with Abe and and Frank, just talking about conspiracies and drinking bourbon out of my <laughs>
3: trunk nice car. dude. Honestly, that is like my dream right there. Dealing <laughs> with so Death okay. Jones, drinking and talking about conspiracies. Are you kidding me, man? Yeah,
2: yeah dude. They're 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 interested. <laughs> they're into some interesting topics. <laughs>
3: As are we. Uh, let me let, me, let me, let me. What conspiracies are you into, if any at all?
2: Oh wow! Well, I look into all of them, so I hear I know about most of them. Okay. Um, I personally have a problem because I've I've experienced a lot of outer body experiences, um, unnaturally, like not it wasn't my choice. Like I've had car accidents and 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 other getting knocked out situations from fights and other things jumping off of a stage landing on the top of my head uh. so so there's been moments where i've been disconnected from my physical body and and kind of experienced what happens after there's that disconnect which is where we die right and i'd spent a lot i spent like 5 or 6 years kind of just exploring that like traveling i would go to i went to peru for a month. I did the Inca trail. We did the, we went all the way up to Machu Picchu mm. to the ruins. I spoke to some gurus who gave me books about the master secret of the universe. Like I have, I have some shit laying around and that, that they were, they, this is the key. This is the answer to everything in the entire universe. I'm like, wow. Okay, cool, dude. Put it down.
1: Do I need to put I, gloves on? Like <laughs>
2: I, I, and you know, I kind of have like a, an understanding of what um what's happening in terms of of, of of experiencing life, and all of the conspiracies. When you compare them to that, it just seems like it's like it's banal, it's nonsense. Like, what are you even? What are you talking about? Who cares? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't even think about that. Like, I. L- I, have, I used to be able to do uh, breathing techniques before going to bed where I would release DMT from my brain. So every night before going to bed, I would go into a portal and visit another dimension that felt just as real as this one, where I, like, everything, I can feel things, can, you know, I can smell things, I can taste things. So I would just do that. So now when I come back to, to this dimension, like, people are like, oh, you know, Pizzagate
1: like what Yeah, i just opened up my third eye and you're going to tell me about fucking hot dogs and pizza is going to be an undercover lair for fucking child sex rings and shit
2: i'll say it right here dude donald trump is the best president in the entire world ever because we're all insane are you kidding me like people are obsessed with tiger king and you're worried you're 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 concerned like you don't understand how trump is president however you're obsessed with tiger king like it's the same shit it's all the same entertainment vibration
3: yeah i agree with that man it's funny like we did a tiger king episode and like fast forward to like right now it's like dude if i see one more tiger king that fucking blow my brain dude, out. it's
2: it's look it's i'm not mad at it i'm not i'm also not making fun of it like some people get offended they get angry like oh talking shit
3: like yeah.
0: i actually
2: had somebody on youtube Um. Leave me a comment saying that I was ignorant because I didn't want to watch Tiger King. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, dude.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where it, it, it becomes an, a national phenomenon and. I remember, like when that, like all of this was going down with, like that, because there's a lot of stuff that they didn't talk about, like you know the whole drug thing and whatnot. But it was one of those things before it got released. I was like, oh, this this is going to be a really good documentary to sit down and watch, you know, with your significant other, laugh at, and then move on with your life. Um, Unfortunately, with the coronavirus, everybody had that same idea, and it kind of gets played out because it's like one of those things, like to bring it full circle with like music. Like if you're really into a band. But then at the same time when that dumb jock gets into that band, like let, let's say like like Tool, for example. Like Tool, Tool is a re- really good, deep spiritual band. But if like that dumbass, like that fucking makes the stupidest knock knock jokes in the class is also into that, it kind of takes a little bit away from Tool at that point, <laughs> you know? And that's the same thing with Tiger King, because you're just like, ah, damn it. Like all or- these people, like every other comment is like, oh, it must have been Carol Baskin. And it's just like,
3: dude one week into the whole like tiger king thing i was ready to like i'm done like it was it was all right like when we did it there wasn't really much out there for it so we knew the documentary was coming out we do it like literally like by wednesday i was like i'm so tired of the internet right now yeah (laughs) i'm so tired of people it's like me it's like me liking pantera man
1: what do you what do you like about do you like pantera or don't i I
2: love i love pantera it's Mm -hmm. amazing but there's been some like racial things that happened.
1: That's well, like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Pantera. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know they're whatever. Dude, I went to a David Allen Co. show at in uh in North Carolina where I when I walked in the room, literally half the bar just turned and looked like
3: What the, what the are hell you, boy? What
2: what's going on here? And I just kind of <laughs> like I put my glass up like and just leaned up against the wall, and the band kept going. I'm like, all right, please leave me alone like, <laughs> I weird. just wanna I just wanna enjoy this racist nonsense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Y'all racists have some good music sometimes.
2: Oh, my God. You
0: know it's what's just... a good
1: album? I don't know. You probably heard it because I mean, you're you're into music like us, but um, it's that uh, pantera slash David Allen Co um, joint venture called Rebel uh, Meets Rebel yeah dude amazing yeah. album but then Fuck you yeah. look into what david alan cole is all about because you know you know as a metal person slash gangster rap person i don't know no damn shit about no david alan cole but that shit was dope that he did with pantera so you look at it and you're like oh shit i don't know if i can listen to this shit no more you know yeah, like yeah it, yeah, it dude, ruins dude. experience yeah
2: man i remember. um uh... When I was still playing with the band, we were touring in in Texas, and we had a uh, one of the venues that we were booked to play apparently got broken down or some shit and it didn't exist. So we ended up just trying to figure out something to do in town, and we we're like, "Hey, man, we're we're not that far from Dimebag's grave," and they're like, well, well, let's go." And we just went. We pulled over, got a bunch of beers, and just drove out there. And there was no one there. There was a lady that helped us get to it. This lady was like, oh, yeah, it's this way. And she walked us like super nice, like a eh. bunch of scumbags from tour on the road, like stinking that we haven't, I, you know, we, we were doing the, the, the Walmart bathroom sink, you know, whore bath thing.
1: The Irish shower. That's yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, and uh, stinky bunch of musicians with a bunch of booze and weed. But I guess she's used to it. Like who, Who's not going to see Dimebag that way?
0: You know? yeah
2: um and in my mind i'm like okay this is gonna be sad but also it's just gonna be cool it's gonna be a cool little, you know cool experience the second we got to the the gravestone i looked down and i saw the gravestone all the flowers and shit i was like <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: my,
2: my, yeah, i look no. around I see my buddies are doing the same thing i'm like oh no we're all gonna
1: cry it's something about music it just speaks to the soul like i always tell this guy um you know you know it's real because art and i'm not talking about my buddy down here is art is (laughs) meant to be you know enjoyed for a lifetime it's supposed to be a reflection of you know the human experience and yeah i mean it's fun to you know listen to cardi b and you know rash out here and there but in 10 years i'm probably not gonna enjoy that music anymore but like i can sit down and listen to floods by pantera probably one of my favorite guitar solos of all time one of my favorite guitar solos to play of all time and there's no words there's no music but something emotionally just strikes you where it just gets you and it's that in that same moment that you said that you were tearing up it's just like yeah there's something in that music yeah maybe half of the band might be a little racist or you know a little questionable if you will but something sure. emotionally just touched you and to me that's real art nobody goes and looks at the Mona Lisa and says like oh that shit was only good in the 1700s or whenever that shit was painted no we it's gonna be a beautiful piece of art for eternity you know as long as it exists as long as images of it exist like it's gonna be you know art and something to enjoy for all of the existence in time and the same thing with like music like pantera's music you know there's there's some weird shit in there but at the same time it's gonna touch somebody in some kind of way and art has a beautiful quote that you know i'll let him say about metal music where it doesn't yell art finish it
3: (laughs) wait what? what are you talking about oh yeah no so i mean music's always been like really close to my heart and it's gotten me through a lot of difficult times in my life so I always say like metal music doesn't yell at you; it it yells with you, and so like it's always really important to like you know you gotta let those demons out sometimes. And for me, like early on, my my very first like metal band that I was into was Corn, and even though like I still respect Corn, they they were kind of a gateway drug to like other things. Eventually, Deftones became my favorite band, and I, I'm into things like Meshuggah and Code Orange and and. You know, whatever it may be, Gojira, like those are the bands that I, like I like really, really enjoy now. Um, but you know, Corn was that gateway drug to me. You know, it was on the radio; it was there for me, and it really got me through my high school years of like <laughs> being a chubby kid with zits. You know, like yeah. that. I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that like really, really helps you through those moments. And yeah, you're right. Like, like disposable pop music that I can't even remember now from my high school years it same that's going on today. Like there's so many like great metal bands and great things going on in metal, but there's also like, who'd you say? Mickey Minaj.
1: <laughs> Cardi
3: B. Cardi, Cardi B. B. Sorry. I, I got to make up <laughs> uh, So like Cardi B. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're going to remember Cardi B in the next 10 years. It's possible. I hope I hope but not. like, but like, like little Kim was popular when I was in high school. Like nobody talks about little Kim anymore. Like Just to make fun of her. Yeah. It's like,
2: My neck, my back, my pussy and my crack. I mean, I remember (laughs) Yeah. The Queen Queen Bee.
3: (laughs) Yeah, like it's it's hard. It's hard now to like to like um take some of that disposable pop music. There's great pop music out there all the time, man. Like we talk about Prince, like we're both big Prince fans and Mm. and like Prince is kinda like great at making pop music. But yeah, like metal music's gotten like gotten me through some like important difficult in my life. And, like, you know, in particular, Death Downs, because I feel like Death Downs has a song or, like, a vibe. Really, like, I don't even, like, sometimes I zone the lyrics out. I enjoy the lyrics. And I know all the lyrics by heart. But, like, there's these certain vibes about Death Downs. Like, I just see the colors in my mind. And, like, they'll mm-hmm. either take me to, like, a dark, depressing place or, like, a really lively, aggressive place. And, like, and you know, like, it's gotten me. I'm, I'm in my 30s now. And it's gotten me here from being, like, a 13-year-old angry teenager to like being an adult with a with a job and like having to like I don't know it's it's weird now like it's it's gotten it you, me through so many moments
1: to me i i look at it like this too like like you were talking about right now it's like a blueprint to like oh i recognize this emotion and i know how to progress past it you know um i remember i got into you know i grew up super religious and there was a, a video that we used to have to watch in church called Hell's Bells, you know, the dangers of rock and roll. And you know, they put Metallica on there for, you know, they promote suicide and they were talking about Fade to Black. And years later fast forward, you know, I'm probably the biggest Metallica fan of all time, I look at that song Fade to Black and you're like, "Wait a minute. No, it takes you in that time frame and that emotion of somebody who is suicidal and by the time you get to the end, it brings you out of that slump." Like I said, it's like a blueprint of you know navigating those emotions obviously james and kurt and you know uh everybody that was on that record you know obviously they didn't commit suicide you know they're still here
3: and not just that but it's like you know when you're 13 years old and you hear something like that and it's and it's aggressive and it's violent and all these things that's kind of what you need but it's nice to see these bands progress over the years like I don't want to hear deaf dones write the same songs that they did when they were back in they're, 1997. It would be,
2: it would be inauthentic because they're yeah. no longer young teenagers full of angst.
3: Mm-hmm. Like now, like Chino is an adult with like, teenage, you know, like that's where he's at in his life now. And like, that's what I want to hear now. Like that's my life has progressed. His life has progressed. If, if it sucks, it sucks. And I still have the old stuff to go back to, but I've really enjoyed, how authentic a band like that is and i really enjoy like even like nine chanels like i love nine chanels and i think trent Reznor's a good example of yeah back to downward spiral it's aggressive and he's on drugs and he's like falling apart and he's like suicidal fast forward to today and he's doing soundtracks for like the new disney movie souls and he's doing he did the soundtrack to um uh the Watchmen, and it's beautiful music it's not like disposable music like he's still making amazing music but now he's taken everything that he's learned throughout his entire life to create this new style of music and that's what i really enjoy that it's still authentic it's not like he's bullshitting me and trying to give me some like i'm still angry i'm still an angry teenager yeah listen to me and it's like that really bothers me when i hear like bands that i know they're in their like 50s and 60s and like they're still trying to be and like have all this like bullshit around them and it's like come on man like mm like you're wearing suits to the Grammys like I know you have money in your bank account and like you have like 25 year old kids now so like yeah
2: like much love to the the Blink-182 guys but I definitely don't want to hear new songs from them about you know having teenage girl love problems
1: yeah no (laughs) it's cringy
2: yeah not a good time for that um (laughs) no I I hear you man and and, you know maybe it's a pleasure to hear or not for people but I can say that the Deftones are one of those bands that that vibe you were talking about, that feeling you get when you hear the music where it's a weird, it's a weird, like heartwarming and also sexual, but also kind of like lovey and nice and happy. Like that vibe is the band. Like that's the vibe going on backstage. That's the vibe after their show, during the show. Like I've had the pleasure of, of just being on that stage when they're playing, like playing digital bath and I'm just like, Oh, That's (laughs) like, That's <laughs> happening right there, and and you know it it feels the same way on stage, backstage, off stage. Like th- that's one of the reasons I think Deftones are so uh, prolific and like they stand out is because they're real. That's them. That's the mm-hmm. that. Well, you're you're getting that. It's not some kind of product. Like no label is trying to put it together. Like it, it's it gets rough, right? Like metal bands, metal fans uh, can. Can see through some of the bullshit. Like you look at a band like Ghost, where it's kind of controversial. Like I love Ghost; I think it's great. But there's a lot of metal band uh, fans that don't like Ghost. They think it's too fake, too theatrical, too
1: gimmicky, over the,
2: gimmicky over the top. But you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so of course I fucking like Ghost. Yeah, I'm getting me? <laughs> there's a Ghost poster right there. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was looking That's, at that.
2: Yeah,
0: it's one I, of those I,
1: things like like Rob Zombie. Like I I think. mean as big as a metallica fan i am that i am i mean they're always going to be number one as far as you know live concerts that i've seen but i think rob zombie speaks to that whole that whole vibe too where it's just like and and i always talk about art with this as well like you have artists like trent reznor i believe is like the truest art iteration of an artist at the same time like you have to have an entertainer i feel like rob zombie he's not going to give you you know that nine inch nails vibe but he's going to entertain the shit out of you. And to me, that was like one B the best concert that I've seen is on Halloween, Hollywood Palladium, John five rocking out in a fucking Nazi fucking hat, you know? And it's just like throwing out Halloween candy with, you know, uh, the great pumpkin playing in the background or whatever. It's just that vibe. It just, it, again, speaks to you on a different level, you know, like we were talking about emotionally music talk to you, but at the same time, there's like that primal, just need to exercise whatever, you know, desire you have, you know, whether it be, like, seeing Sherry Moon zombie, like, half naked. It's sexual desire right there.
3: I get that. Like, one of the things that's, like, I like Manson. Like, Marilyn Manson, I would think, was a similar thing. Like, I like Manson's early work, but I listen to his new stuff, and it, some of it's, like, kind of, like, lacks balls <laughs> and, like <laughs> – I still respect it because it's like, at least he's doing him, you know, he's not coming out here with like fucking like some like weird shit trying to shock everyone still. Like it's just, he's an adult now. Like he has, he has like bills to pay now. And like, apparently he's, like, he's into country now. I mean, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like whatever. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like it, but I at least respect it. Like at least it's you. I like Rob Zombie, but I do think that he's still trying to like shock people with his like glow in the dark like punky. well it's a it's, oh, no. a
2: it's a it's a it's like a parade man like I, the, the last time i saw zombie live there was giant float type situations going on there were puppets and big things moving on like big robots and i was like all right well it's a show it's just a fucking it's a parade like just like going to universal studios like i don't really care about indiana jones all that much but i'll watch the show like let's, let's yeah let's do it i guess
0: yeah
2: um but I, I always have an appreciation for that. And a lot of uh, metalheads are very elitist, man. Like they, you, you get a lot and not just metalheads, but just certain types of like there's the dudes that only listen to like uh, Converge and Cave In and like they're just like, you know, if you listen to the Corn, you're an idiot. But like, you know that you know that you listened to Corn when you were younger, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, agreed. Like, what are you talking about? Why are you trying to fake it? like who cares also like what is it's that stupid high school like childish mentality like you're over there i'm over here with my kids yeah cool kids like whatever man i like all of it who cares i grew up on salsa and jazz and like the boney m and the Bee Gees. like i don't don't give a fuck about your 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 band your band that only played four shows underground uh and they were the best shows ever but you know
3: only four people saw them (laughs) that's how i feel like dude i think that like a band like like poppy's band i know that poppy gets a lot of shit it was like a youtuber turned musician turned like metal band and it's like a lot of people give it shit but it's like really if you think of like one band that's probably going to be headlining stages like there's no new metallica there's forget about metallica that's never happening again but like for like the face of rock she's probably like the biggest american thing that's going to happen in the next like a year or two. And it's like, I totally respect that. Like as a, as a fan of metal music and rock music, like I'm happy cause it's going to probably go into people that would never listen to metal. Cause like a band like Gojira would scare them off or a band like Slayer would scare them off. And like, she's going to introduce new people to this genre that I love. And like 10 years, 20 years down the line, there's probably going to be kids that are going to be making new music because of her. Mm-hmm. And so I'm stoked for it. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm all about it. Like, I I, I really like
2: I really like uh, this chick. A lot of people give her a crap about it, but uh, uh, Billy Eilish.
1: I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. Dude. I think
2: it's great, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's, I, there's
1: something in her. There's something in her where it's just like, yeah, she has that really poppy song, but then you get into those other songs, like they're deep.
2: Yeah, that that bad guy song sucks. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, that's garbage radio music. But yeah. listen to the rest of the album. There's like songs like Elo I, I Milo" and, and 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 you know "Bury a Friend." That I was just like, this sounds like old cabaret kind of like jazzy you know mm-hmm. music i don't know what what's the problem
1: she's <laughs> like what 17 like doing yeah that? Like, i wasn't doing that when i was 17 like not I at all an elitist, like trying to learn the most difficult guitar solos of all time on gu- guitar ultimate guitar.com you know like like come on like that's a real artist right there and you know yeah. what that might not be my lane necessarily but i can respect it
2: for sure and that's all it's about dude just enjoy shit like i don't understand what the 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 why you got to put up walls for yourself? I enjoy most things. There's some things that kind of draw the line, like, uh, like Tiger King. Like I'm good. I don't need to watch. I, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going online. Like don't watch it. It's garbage. And like no, I'm just hey man, not for me. Move along. You, yeah. you watch it. You, you go ahead. I don't care. You know yeah. that that's become a lot of the norm with uh, with with the internet with Twitter and Facebook. It's just the uh, this thing was the worst. Like, oh, this show was awful. And Game of Thrones was the goddamn worst. And it's like, just relax, dude.
1: Everybody has to live in their own echo chamber. It seems like, you know, and that's the miss, the mishap of the internet. Like, I feel like everybody should be cross-pollinating. Like you were talking about that band that just like Igor, was it? Igor. Yeah. That just like goes all over the place. Like to me, like, I'm like, that's how the music scene should be now. Like where everybody is cross-pollinated and, you know there's a little bit of influence of George Michael right here. You might get a little bit of influence from Kiss right here, and hey, we might take some of this, some of that, you know, and come up with something new. But you know one of the things we talked about on our podcast a couple of times is like you see like people just living in these echo chambers where it's just like, no, we are only this type of genre, we are only this type of genre, we are only this type of genre, and we're all gonna fight each other against that and to me, like that's one of the most unnecessary things i feel like that's living on the internet right now
3: or they're just like not even trying to be themselves anymore because like i feel like a lot of people were probably influenced by corn and like when now you fast forward to like you go to a underground show you go to a club show and if you show up wearing a corn shirt you're probably getting laughed out of there but the reality is like you were probably influenced by that when you were like in your teenage years or whatever like there's no shame in it like it's just, like, enjoy it. Like, enjoy music. It's Life is too short to kind of bullshit yourself out of, like, having a good time. And, like.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, dude. I had, I had the, the fortune of, uh, I, I was uh, working, I was with Cigar City at the time, too. And I had uh, the Fillmore Theater in Miami Beach. Like, they were, like, whatever you want to do, man. And I saw that Corn was touring their, their self-titled release anniversary thing. They're gonna play the whole self-titled, from front to back, you know, blind to whatever clown. And um, I remember thinking, man, that fucking album meant a lot to me. Like that, mm-hmm. I remember wake, like that was a thing. Like that was so weird and different hearing him do the little scat Pop. barking bah, 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 bah. i'm like oh yeah okay cool <laughs> uh, and and dude uh, to be able to I, you know i did a tap takeover where like i took over all the bars in the venue and and then it was corn doing the show in collaboration with the brewery i was just like i went backstage to go meet the guys and and the dude that was running the live nation was like yeah this is jonathan's room monkey's room head's room and fieldy's room i'm like they all have their own rooms. And they're like, yeah, they don't hang out at all. I'm like Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I don't know if that's worth it at that point. I mean, I guess if you're you're, you know, career wise, yes, if you're making money, sure. But like the reason I started a band was to be in a in a group with my friends doing something awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh if you're at a point where you can't even be around each other, I don't think it's worth it.
1: No. Yeah, don't do uh, it. Yeah, because, I mean, it bleeds over now. You can you can kind of hear it now.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It happens. You know, don't let go. Go do something else. Go start another band. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. The People Beatles are did.
1: To... Yeah. Yeah, the Beatles did it. And look, I mean, on um, George Harrison, I mean, he went from being third banana to, I would say, probably had the best solo career out of all three of them.
3: Yeah. Oh, shots fired at
2: John Lennon. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Paul McCartney is probably still going, isn't he? Wasn't he doing video game music like a couple years ago? Like,
1: If, if that's the real Paul McCartney to bring this full circle with the conspiracies.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> I got to go, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But speaking uh, of going, man, um, it is a lovely conversation to have you on here, Eddie. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry
2: if I ramble too much. I ramble. Oh, no, dude. No, that's
1: no. the point of a podcast, right? it would be weird if we had like awkward silences or whatever that that's my biggest pet feed you know Uh, but anyways you want to go ahead and plug your podcast for us
2: sure brother uh thank you for having me on rrbg podcast it's it stands for rock and roll beer guy it used to be rock and roll beer guy but i started getting complaints about people that don't drink That like "Eh, i don't know my name linked (laughs) to beer i'm like okay fine so it's an rrbg rock and roll beer guy podcast you can find it anywhere you can youtube rock and roll beer guy you get all the episodes subscribe uh i'm trying to get twitch up and running i want to uh, you know i, I was also going to start doing twitching uh with i'd have uh band members come over like nick DePiro from night versus or adam d and have them come over and we get drunk and play like an old video game from super nintendo or something
1: guitar uh, hero
2: guitar hero anything like we'll play yeah. some old games Um, but either way Rock and Roll Beer Guy YouTube social media our RPG podcast and uh, check it out I got some I got some really good guests coming up Elon Rubin of Nine Inch Nails uh, about to be dropped and uh, yeah I'm it's just you know Steve Simone which is a big time comedian like it's been getting bigger and bigger and uh, hopefully it just keeps growing thank you guys for having me on to to talk about it
1: oh no doubt dude thank you for coming on uh, one of my Favorite things to do is talk about pro wrestling and metal music. So we're probably going to have to have you on a lot more if you if you would love to come on. Uh, we might have to. we Wherever
3: meet you. in L.A., dude. Like, yeah, we got to hang out. Got to go to Grill'em Mall. Hell That's yeah! Insane.
2: Whenever whenever this quarantine's up, we all go to Grill'em Mall.
1: Hell yeah! Sweat on each other and get get real nasty. Classic uh-huh. cream cheesy and bacony. Mm. (laughs) That sounds delicious. So, uh, with that said, everybody, you can find us at everything at Art and Jacob Do America. Make sure you check out the Patreon. You know, help support us in this time. Uh, Make sure you go to our merch shop at T Public. Just search Art and Jacob Do America. We've got three cool designs on there. One of them is a Ride the Lightning uh, design. Um, Art and Jacob Do America, you know, in the
3: style of Ride the Lightning. Probably Art and I's favorite metal uh, (laughs) album of all time. I'm not even going to get into to that uh, T Public thing,
1: but yeah, plug it. Yeah, and then also too, um, shit. Find us everywhere you want to find us at, wherever podcasts are available. So with that said, everybody, again, Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. Art, thank sure, you man. for hooking up uh, to your girlfriend's Wi-Fi and joining us here today. Um, yeah, so man. With that, so with that said, have a good night, everybody.
2: Good night. Later, man.